The internet's full of true crime podcasts. More and more are added to the list every day. Figuring out where to start or where to go next can be overwhelming. But have no fear, I'm here to help. I'm Bob Ruff, and this is the place to find your next true crime binge. Alrighty, I am joined today by, of course, the the lovely Erica Cantor, who's you've are you in the same closet? Why, why do I see a door now? I'm just shifting, trying all the angles. Uh, so this one is a is a bad one because it's very yeah. very dark. <laughs> yeah. It's not appealing to the eyes no, at all. It's not. Can I'm you sorry. you can get out of that closet, right? You you're allowed. You you got at the... this point, no, uh, oh, no. because yeah. of where I'm sitting. Because I'm sitting yeah. against the door. <laughs> well, that's good. That means nobody can get in. That's you true. See, it's very protected yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I like spending some time picking apart the clothes in your closet. This is all I can see. Now, what do you got? A pillowcase over there? What the hell is that? To your, that's to your right my, That's my uh, hamper with some jeans hanging out of oh. it. Oh, you know, let's, some laundry. let's clean it up. We have professional podcasters on the show right now. Jesus Christ. You got, you even, like a, it's a nice, um, it's like a throw blanket. It's not a nice anything. It's yes. nothing nice. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a pair of jeans that you can get in all the yeah. way into the hamper. They're just I'm sorry, hanging out. mom. I'm sorry, it, mom. Uh, Mrs. Cam. You know I love you, but come on. You could have done better. Just not reflect on her. Yeah, you could have done better with her. Um, We, we, Erica and I, are joined by Christy and Heather of the Sinisterhood podcast. I don't know why it's hard for me to say, but it is a little bit. Sinisterhood. Sinisterhood. How are you? Sinisterhood. You are correct. Yes, thank you so much for having us. And you know what? I just made my bed very frantically, Erica, so... I understand. I don't believe you the, for a second. That room is pristine. <laughs> yeah, she's cow. recording in her bed. It's all a sham. Smokes yeah. and mirrors. There's laundry literally everywhere you can't see. There's laundry. So <laughs> see, you just well, shove it pa- off camera. Yeah, the part mm-hmm. we can see, and that's the, and that's the thing. This is why this is embarrassing to me that we've got Erica. <laughs> like you, even if you frantically made the, you made the, like it looks like like a hotel maid came in. Oh, and well, thank you. Made your bed. I need you to really come nice in there. organize and decorate my house, please. Yeah, <laughs> will do. Scuff mark on the wall behind you. <laughs> Me? It looks like why is the yeah no, why is the pin coming out of web? Oh, Jesus God, that's way better. I did. It's very on brand for our for our show. There you go. Creepy vibes. It's with, with uh-huh. it, looks like there's, it looks like the pin in your hinges. Cut. Did, are you locked in there? Are you trying to break <laughs> out? What I the don't hell? Know. No. Why is that <laughs> out? What are you talking about? Were you moving a refrigerator into your closet? Everything's functioning just fine. <laughs> She's doing great. Great. Doing Better fantastic. stay in her bunker. <laughs> you know and uh, Heather, also beautiful background. I mean, it, it's pink. Weird. You're pink. Everything's pink. I can't. Well, I told you. It's just uh, we have our fancy camera, which. If Christy's here, we have a second chair that I'm in. And for our Patreon uh-huh. streams, we have Super HD. My husband is a filmmaker. And so we're like, make us look like movie stars. And then he's yeah. working in the office saying not here. And so it's just me with my webcam. So right, right, right. <laughs> hello. Well, the background's great. I see you have a you have a jackalope back there. Love oh, that. Yes, yes, yes. That mm-hmm. was just from our Dallas. We did a moment nice. show at the Texas Theater. And we did uh, a cryptid Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And we 
officially oh. claimed the jackalope for Texas oh, because Wyoming, that. they try to claim it, but we, right. we decided. Arizona, so. get out of here. It's yeah. Texas's. Who do they think they are? That's what I want. I don't know. You Come know, and when take it. When I go to it. Wyoming and they claim that they have the jackalope, that's yeah. ridiculous. Nah, You guys are from Dallas, right? We are. We are. We both live in Dallas, Dallas yes. Texas. Mm-hmm. Is the I, I see a picture that looks like an engagement photo at the top of the wall, and I want <laughs> oh. is that you and Heather? Is no, that's me and that's her and John Cusack, and that, that is their engagement Cusack? photo. Yeah, <laughs> we um we got to talking right, about I, him on one episode a while back, and I had gone and met him at a comic con, and most everyone he's just chilling, he's being perfectly friendly, but all of his photos he's sort of standing there, and someone just stands next to him, and I was so excited when I saw him, I went, oh my gosh, hey, and I think. That the familiarity with which I said that he thought that maybe we were supposed to know each other, so he went, "Oh, hey!" and then gave oh, me yeah, this huge strategy. hug. And so in our photo, we're like clinging, holding one another, and we're both smiling so big that it looks like an engagement photo. And it, it does. was not; it was a Comic Con meet and greet. <laughs> That's hysterical. It really does look like one of those like awkward family photos. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yes. I'm gonna try that other, next so time. Gingerly. Olin Mills. Yeah. <laughs> Speak with confidence. Nobody questions it. That's what I've learned. Ding, because ding. you know what? Like I can, I would do that. I would 100% mm-hmm. do that because that shit happens to me all the time. Like, like people will just be like, hey, Bob. And I don't, I live in a small town. So most like most likely it's someone that I like went to school with. Right. Or something mm-hmm. that I don't remember. And I'm like, oh, hey, hey how's buddy. it going? I 100% recognize that in your the look on your face when I came up to you at your booth for the first yep. time. And I was just like, yep. oh, my God, finally. And I just saw you being like, uh, uh, do I know this person? Do I know this person? <laughs> at least that was the first time I met you. I'm so, but you, you meet so many people like when yeah, you go to sure, like, yeah. like mm-hmm. those types of events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get it. That, like, You're a big deal. <laughs> year after year, listen. These ladies famous. are the biggest it. big deal. Uh, but like <laughs> year funny. after year, you go and like the same person will come up to you and mm-hmm. they're like, "Hey, how's it going?" And you're like, uh, "I have no idea." <laughs> like you remember me? I'm like, "Of course I remember you're you." Like, yeah, you're John Cusack. Tons of movies. No, John Cusack. I was <laughs> cursed with this like bizarrely specific memory, but only about certain things. And so, to the we went to Salt Lake City for a show in October of 2021, and a listener at the meet and greet gave us a board game, and we played the board game the other night, and I was like. Oh, Caden gave us his board game in Salt Lake City. And Christy's like, oh, do you know him? Is he like, I, she's like, I remember meeting him. And I was like, no, yeah. But for for no reason, I just knew that was from that person. And then ta- and like tagged him on social media. And then later was like, do I seem like a weirdo? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I remember you from yeah. two I bet that ago. made his day that you remembered that. <laughs> but it's just it's just things sticking my, happen to stick in my head. Or somebody will see me and go, I'll say, it's so nice to see you. Did you pass the bar exam? Because I might not remember the name, but I was like, we talked about something. Mm-hmm. So I do try to be... I try to remember, but if not, I always just say, it's so good to see you because it's always good to see somebody. <laughs> yeah. It makes it them feel seen. Even yeah. if it's the also, first time. I mean, I <laughs> think that we can mostly, like, that is creepy. That <laughs> you, yeah. yeah, I'm a creep. Yeah. yeah Bob, this makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm not good with think. names. I'll remember faces, but not names as much. So if I ran into Caden, I'd yes. say, oh, you gave us the horrified game. Yeah, probably would not remember his name, unfortunately. Or you remember full stories of folks because I'll say, "Oh, it was this person," and I'll show you a photo, and you're like, "Oh yeah, they're the ones," and they drove from Minnesota, mm. and they were, and like you'll remember their whole story. So yeah, we collectively we try to remember everybody Couldn't and tell you their name. Take though. notes, Perfect <laughs> which is what most people want you to remember is just their name. 
<laughs> Something in my brain shut when we do like a meet and greet. My brain just shuts off, and I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> next, take a picture. Next, take a picture next, <laughs> yeah, take a I'm picture. the worst because I'm like, I want to hear everything you have to say. I'll stay in here for five hours, but I just love talking mm, to people. That's I no am an extra, extra, extrovert. <laughs> extrovert. You have to drag me away. Yeah, well, Heather's we live an in extra extrovert. Yes. Yeah, we live in different worlds, though. My main show is a wrongful conviction show. So the thing they're telling me is about a case that they want me to cover like, yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. There's a button. There's a button on the website. Just <laughs> Honestly, it's a we had to do a form, too, because it just keeps yeah. it so much more organized. I'm like, I don't want to lose this information that's really good, and I will. Please yeah, right. put it yeah. in the form. Sure, for sure. So I, I'm, I'm super excited to talk to you guys for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Christy... Um, you have a snail? I don't, uh, and a pig. I'm <laughs> what the fuck is. Oh, no. Well, we had many oh, snails. God damn it. Not again. But Jesus, they, there we go. God damn it. Erica, what are you doing with your life? You, you <laughs> Man, put I'm, me in this Erica, awkward you position. To be apart. fair, you know what? <laughs> they still live on in our hearts, Erica. So it's totally fine. But they rest in our front yard. Under the don't let her off bed, the hook. I'm so. sitting here talking. I got to sit here and talk about a dead snail now. Taking over. Everybody's upset. Nap. Several dead snails. We <gasps> had, I think, four at one point. Um, but I'll pivot to something more positive. More than a snail, I have a pet pig. So right. that's yeah. what a most people name Petal. She is named Petal. Yes, she is uh -huh. probably more well known yeah. than Heather or I. Definitely yes, better liked. Okay. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, but yes, yeah, she's uh, six years old, seven. She's seven. She's seven years old. She's about 100 pounds. She's a big girl. She's very sweet. Aww. Heather's um, obsessed with her. Enamored. Um, yes, enamored. She's so, uh, yeah. But the snails, unfortunately, the like, they have passed. Where does <laughs> <R. I>. the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Do you, where are the, where's the pit are you on a farm your house what i know i live in dallas about 10 minutes outside of downtown yeah, <laughs> very non-farm like. non-farm yeah. land uh but we have a, a pin for her in the backyard and then she's in the house okay. all the time too so it's yeah the pig. the pig yeah she can't be outside if it's too cold and we just had an ice storm so Aww. she was uh -huh. in the house for like a week straight um and it's an adjustment when she's in here because she's very large, but she she loves to cuddle. She loves being around people. So, yeah, she's very she sweet. She can't be potty trained, right? Oh, she's very potty trained. She was potty trained the second day we got her as a piglet. They're very smart. Pigs are yeah. super smart. Yeah. They're clean, right? Aren't they Very clean. clean yeah. yeah. Also very stubborn. <laughs> motivated like by food. Dog. Hard mm -hmm. relate. Yep. So Something we get her to do either. things with snacks and treats. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the pig, little pedal, big, well, not little. Big pedal now. <laughs> big pedal, like goes to the door and like rubs her snout, snout on it when she wants to go out. She'll go to the, the door. Yeah, she goes to the door and just, we know she needs to go out. Mm -hmm. But she's outside most of the time in her little pig pen. So she'll just go out there. Bob, why are you treat? so incredulous? Like you have what, like a hundred <laughs> like, quail I'm behind you right now? She, like I can imagine, like just like living in the city and like and, and uh, we have a pig in the backyard. We do, yeah. yeah. Whenever yeah. She our neighbors told have me, chickens, will you go like, yeah. hey, this is sure, yeah, you have a pig, sure, and then you walk in and you look in a dog bed where a dog should be, and there's a ninety pound pig, <laughs> and you're like. It. What the? Oh, right. Yes. I'm into the, I just love her. She's amazing. Yeah. And then she has her what, little hooves. They're yeah, perfect. So so I live right outside heard. of Indianapolis, and there's a guy who walks his sheep 
down on the street. Oh, yeah. Look at that. At least Does I, he well, put it on I a, on him a in leash? A few years, but yeah. Uh-oh. He had like two <laughs> sheep on a leash. It's been a few oh. years. Oh. Sheep on a leash. It might not have made it through COVID, but. It's the uh, Nine Inch Nails B track. Sheep on a leash. That's my Nine Inch Nails joke for the year. Don't think I've made a Nine Inch Nails joke. So listen, I need to talk about this. Because it's, it's I am, listen, between you guys and me, I don't really care for true crime. Really into. All right. Really Straight into up. comedy. Uh, <laughs> well, we do that too. We do that too. Yeah. <laughs> mix it up. I see they, both of you, it says performed, written, and taught comedy. Um, Erica, of course, doesn't say, you know, where, how, or in what form. Um, <laughs> You're supposed to I got to leave something so. for you to ask. Yeah. Them. Take some break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so, so tell me about that. What do you guys do? Like, what, before you were, you were true crime, paranormally spookified podcasters. <laughs> What uh? What'd you do? Is this, was that your career? Was was comedy writing? Oh, Heather's career is long and lustrous. Before this, <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those where someone's like, "What do you do?" I got a list. Well, we both done comedy for a long time, so we both, you know, middle school, high school, obsessed with comedy growing up, obsessed mm-hmm. with SNL sketches, stand up. I mean, watching stand up as a kid, just like Jeff Foxworthy, oddly enough, is like the first stand up oh, yeah. I remember watching as a kid, and I'm like. You can just talk into a microphone. Also loved Kid Craddock Morning Show. I loved ta- like morning radio where it's bits and jokes and, mm-hmm. you know, making like delivering news, but then joking about the news. Yeah, and yeah. so did that. And then, in you know, of course, high school, college, I moved to Chicago for undergrad and did improv there. And then when I moved back to Dallas to go to law school, I wanted my mom said, what do you want for graduating law school? I did the evening program and I worked as an investment advisor by day and went to law school at night. And so it was just constantly go, go, going with a bunch of very boring stuff. And she asked what I wanted as my graduation gift. And I said, I would like to take comedy classes, please. She's like, really? You just okay?" Like, I thought we were like, we just spent several hundred thousand dollars for you to go to law school. Come on. So I Googled it and this place now shut down because of the pandemic, but it was called Dallas Comedy House. And then that is where I started taking classes and performing. And I met Christy and she's going to, she doesn't like me to say this, but it's true. She's like DCH, like elite. As far as like, she just was around from day one. She had so much experience and every show you would see. It's one of those, you would see different troop names because it's improv, right? couple people on stage you just get a one word suggestion or you know some uh, that you might say like what's a bad date you know some type of mm-hmm. suggestion which could go either way especially you know it's like yeah. tight roping tight, tight rope walking without a net but christy's troops were always the ones that as students we would be like oh and christy's husband as well also taught comedy there would be like oh christy and tommy are in that troop or christy's in that troop so it was one of those names that i heard and i thought i will never be able to do comedy <laughs> with her she's amazing and she's so cool and she was the most humble and down-to-earth person but it's just that feeling you know right where you're like i'm new into this community i don't know how i'm gonna fit in but she invited me to be on a show that she and another woman did where it was a rotating cast and i performed with her once and was like that was amazing and <laughs> all i wanted was to be your friend and here we are now this is it, it embarrasses me every time she tells us <laughs> it's but true. it's very sweet and kind she's the humblest person yeah. in the world she's like no no i'm like why well, watch you and you're phenomenal but okay well sure. so are you that's why we asked you to be in that that show but yeah i started well i always did theater my main love was um stage theater specifically dramas actually but i did that all through like middle school high school college and then afterwards, I kind of fell out of it for a while. Um, after college, I worked in um, 
as a social worker. My degree was in psychology. So I did that. And then that wasn't fun. That's actually kind of depressing. It's <laughs> terrible. But, yeah. <laughs> but I learned a lot that, <laughs> that, uh, that helps me now when we do cases, you know, that involve um, victims of domestic violence and stuff. But uh, eventually, kind of like Heather, I was like, hey, what used to make me really happy? Oh, performing comedy. So I just Googled in 2008, you know, Comedy Dallas, and I found a place at the time, it's also since shut down, called AdLibs. That's where I started um, performing for about two years. And then when Dallas Comedy House opened, I switched to there in 2010 and just was there until 2020 when it unfortunately had to shutter. But yeah, taught classes, performed, um, did corporate shows and things like that, met Heather. And then in 2018, we started the podcast. So are both of you do your, neither of you do stand up, do you just do improv? We've done storytelling. Yeah, we do. Sto- well, I've done storytelling. Heather's done, I think, a couple of stand up sets. Like but um, I've always preferred to perform with other people. And I like mm-hmm. the spontaneity of improv and it not being scripted. So I've always leaned more into that. Same, yeah, I, I do improv more. I do like doing storytelling, but the problem is I have to always record it because I'll always improvise. So it's never, even if I have a rehearsed set. So, I, uh-huh. you know, once I learned with stand-up, you just have to do the same thing over and over until the jokes get good. And then you have to pretend right. like you're saying it for the first time. And I was like, <laughs> I don't have that skill set. But the people that do, knowing how hard it is, I'm like, good luck and God bless amazing but christy's right i think we both like the banter and that's something we're talking about on our new tour is having something that is structurally repeatable for the sake Mm -hmm. of our brain being tired Mm -hmm. but Uh allows us that space to play because we're the our best when it's fresh and new and different Mm -hmm. yeah for sure are you guys for are either of you guys familiar with um san francisco sketch fest yes oh yes Mm -hmm. i I don't think i've ever submitted but i am familiar with it yeah so that is our our co-host on the Truth and Justice for follow-ups, Janet Varney, uh, runs Sketchfest. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Very yeah. cool. She, so we always have fun with her, with her. She's on a very serious true crime podcast with me where we do an hour of just doing bits together for, <laughs> for <laughs> on the true crime podcast where you is it you talk about how you don't like true crime for an hour? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't talk about it. I just <laughs> people People just assume that I'm really into true crime, Mm -hmm. you know, because of the. It's like when you go to the barbershop and they're like, did you hear about that family that was slaughtered? You're like, (laughs) oh, I was going to watch about the barbershop. Sore subject. That was a long call. No, I'm the worst about it. Like all the time I'll I'll be like doing an interview, like another podcast. You're like, so you know about this case? I'm like, I do not. I know about the one case that I'm working on. Uh, and that is it. Yeah, this one. Until that's the, the next only case. one that I know about. I'm, I'm into investigating, not into mm. stories about podcasting. Yeah, people will pod- DM us and be like, in episode 42, you guys talked about, and we're like, we're on episode 224 right now. I don't yeah. remember anything I said yeah. back in that episode. <laughs> no, and that's a, in the genre you guys are in, the, the short form episode, you know, each episode is a different mm-hmm. case. That's got to be tough to, you know, I'm good friends with with Justin and Aaron from Generation Y mm-hmm. and Nick and Captain from True Crime Garage, guys that do that type of work. I'm like, how do, you, how do you even, and they're like, we don't, people all the time ask us yeah. about a case. Uh, I'm like, that was two <laughs> years ago, dude. It was a yeah. hundred episodes ago. I don't yeah. remember anything about it's it. Like some of them stick out more to me than others, sure. but some of them I'll be scrolling through and I'm like, I don't even remember covering that until having read the title again. 
Yeah. Mm. See, me, I like to take my audience and grind them into a pulp by talking about the same case for two years straight. Yeah. <laughs> Twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a deep dive. Yeah. It's a very deep dive. It's not for everyone. Yeah. Uh, it would be for me. I think it's the one podcast I would listen to. I think See? there you if go. I listen to True Crime. Well, podcasts. do what you love because it's. Like we always say, if we're having fun, then we think our audience will have fun listening to it. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that I think that's accurate. So how do you guys? You guys are you're 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 at the comedy clubs. You're doing these these improv sketches, and then one of you decides, let's do a crime <laughs> podcast. Like, one of us happen? decided first to have a baby, and that was me. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, so I was at home on maternity leave essentially and was just bored and binging all sorts of true crime stuff at all hours of the night being up with the baby and the keepers had just come out on netflix and Uh i remember watching that and thinking this is amazing that these two women that have no training in any of this they're just passionate about trying to find out what happened to their teacher that they loved so much and they you know set out to find out what happened to bring justice to her murder. And then I asked my husband one day, do you think that they have book clubs, but instead of books, you just sit around and talk about true crime and cults and stuff like that? And he's like, I don't know, but you should start that. So I reached out to a um, a Facebook group through the comedy house and said, would anybody want to just meet up and talk about this stuff? No intention of starting a podcast. And Heather was like, absolutely, I would. So we met up and we happened to, she happened to have some blue Yetis. Those were like the first microphones we used. We've since upgraded quite a bit, but she just brought them just to record in case. And the first couple are real rough. We didn't know what we were doing. The audio was terrible. We were recording in, um, Heather was at this time, uh, had her own practice. So she had a desk at like a, an open, you know, workspace area. So the audio was terrible. We were in some kind of like conference room with just like sliding <laughs> doors. You could hear everybody that was going on outside. Uh, mm-hmm. But we perfected it and eventually got some studio space. And episode 13 is where we really like found our groove and kicked things off. So that's where our episodes start that you can find. And also we thought, well, that's pretty good for a spooky podcast for them to start at 13. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I'm still, I'm, I'm still taken aback by putting out a Facebook post that says I would like, is there anybody that would just like to talk? I'm such, I'm not an introvert when I'm around people. I'm mm-hmm. very outgoing, but I try not to be around people. As much as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, I'm kind of the same. I'm kind of the yeah. same, but these were all people that I already knew because it was all just yeah. uh, women from fellow female comics from the comedy club. So just putting out kind of a, hey, I got this new baby and I need to see some adults. Does anybody want to meet up <laughs> and talk sense. about yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. that I'm interested in? And then uh, it, it worked out and it's been going great ever since. Come on down yeah. to my metal conference room with glass all over and no <laughs> yeah. sealed right. doors and turn on. And then our, on the weekend, one microphone, we had one, one mi- microphone sitting oh, yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. of a wooden Aww. like giant table uh yeah. that we would just kind of both speak into it was the audio is not great on those no. first, first no couple. structure just chaos no. yeah <laughs> yeah so christy you're like i you know maybe we should we should record this and then heather's like let me try to find well, if i could find the so we want the most echoey place <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
possible. Yeah. It's a bathtub warehouse. So yeah. it's just yeah, right. all tile. And it's a tunnel ceilings. under a highway. It's an overpass. Yeah. Are you cool with that? Yeah. I'm like, sure, let's do it. I didn't know. <laughs> so in, 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 real life you have so christy you're an attorney and heather heather's, oh, wait, no, heather's you're an mm-hmm. attorney and christy you're a psychologist oh well i have a bachelor's in psychology i'm by no means a licensed therapist but um mainly i'm an inter- i call myself an entertainer i never know what to call myself when people ask uh-huh. what i do i got tired of saying i host a podcast <laughs> because we do more than that um yeah, so yeah. now i just say i'm an entertainer and i also have two kids uh so and a pig and oh, right. four dead snails so <laughs> there's a lot that's that more I, dead snails than most people have uh, yeah. so. i feel terrible about bringing up the snails that's you hard. know what they they lived a great life and they're it's in a better they, place all now. of it it's my fault because i'm supposed to update the website and i can't <laughs> yeah, i apologize yeah, for not announcing the their demise on oh our we should do a we should post across all socials it's several you years ago if you guys see obituaries yes sorry this is this is what i think needs to happen is between now and when this airs, if you guys could make an obituary and officially <laughs> yeah. post across for it, tag snails, us in sure. it. Yeah, um, for when this episode drops, that we the will. snails have since passed. I'll make a and... slideshow with like a in the yard. Is that where anybody else gets their hopes up? You know, you think we're yeah. joking, but she will do this, I probably and won't. I'll find some pics of the snails. <laughs> Let me be clear: yes, I'm not joking nice at all. Stuff. I think that yeah. this needs to be done, and uh, because you know what, you're going to do another interview, and there's gonna, they're going to have a creepy producer that's going to look for facts about you. <laughs> that's a fellow I'm, and... I'm a one of a kind. I don't know about I'm. There's nobody quite yeah. like me. No? Yeah, and, and we're all individual and, snowflakes, for better or for worse. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. make it. I, I I I can't make it clear enough how much I really want you to put those jeans in the hamper. Like, really, <laughs> I, He's not letting it go. He's done you bothering them, him. You you reached you reached back and touched them, picked them up, and said, "Oh, these are just jeans on the edge of the hamper." <laughs> there and then they you are. Put them back and hang <laughs> They're in now. You got it. <laughs> I completely moved on from those jeans, Bob. But clearly now it looks like well, I had to look at them. It's upsetting. <laughs> when you recorded that first one, you you didn't know it was going to be a podcast. You're just like, I was recorded just in case. Is um, I believe the way you put it. Well, I had a podcast with a friend before that. It was like very mm-hmm. short lived and only like three episodes. And I th- I don't even just think a, that might have been because you're recording in a tin room oh, with a yeah. shitty microphone. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Uh, he, I think he, well, he was also getting married and they were having a baby. And it was like, you know, it's one of those where on the, they were on the front end of getting, having a baby. And Christy was like, I'm ready. Like you said, I'm ready to see adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was not yeah. about, uh, it was about AP US history. So, you know, it was going to be a hit, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and I'm sad that we don't uh, Yuck, do it anymore. Why? Well, he was a history teacher. And we talked about how, even though I'm an attorney and, you know, practicing for however many years, there's certain parts that just, you know, slip out of your brain. Like we were saying, you can't remember every single case you've ever covered. You can't remember every fact you were ever taught. And so mm-hmm. there would be as a, you know, funny things come up where I'm like, I can explain to you, you know, whatever the rule against perpetuities vaguely, but I don't remember details of the Revolutionary War or details of, you know, World War II, even stuff that's more pertinent, even history that happened in the 80s and 90s, you know, that I you have a vague understanding of. Now, I just watch YouTube videos about it. So, and learn things. <laughs> or fucking Google it. Who was listening? Did, how many li- <laughs> I need well, to know how many people downloaded that podcast. I'm shocked like, it didn't take off. 
Maybe, maybe just us. I will say that the intro song was Jonathan Colton, who is an independent musician. Mm -hmm. He had done a song, but it was a super mix of all the times George W. Bush said the word duty. And then he said it to a beat. So he's like, duty, 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 duty. So if anything came out of that, it was that hopefully just more people heard the Jonathan Colton duty song, which is just a remix. Well, now I want to hear it. Yeah. Is the podcast still out there or did you delete it from from existence? Oh, actually. They might still be out there. There's probably like three episodes, and it's very echoey. If you're like, what did Sinisterhood yeah, used to no listen to? No shit. You were in a metal room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's in my bunker. Dude, I took two both semesters of A Push, as we called it, AP US History. Oh. We were cool kids. We called it A Push. Cool kids yeah. call it, yeah. I know. While well, you were in your students. D&D club. Yeah. Whole, yeah. <laughs> no, that's your son, Bob. You, you, you cool kids. <laughs> What you were part of, My what husband was the, loves D and D, so I'm not gonna say talk shit about D and D. I know we're literally talking about. Starting <laughs> Erica was like the president of some kind of club. What was the club you were in? Um, do I have to remind you? Yeah. What was it? It was two episodes ago. We just discussed it. I don't remember. Mm, I was at the. No, the uh, I was at Thespian, Michigan State University Paranormal it, Society. Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> Wait, yeah, right is that the one that has a, hey, a show? Hey, we on the news. Uh, no, we did actually get approached by Sci-Fi, but then nothing ever happened. Mm. But we were on the news at 5 a.m. in the morning once. Heck yeah. Oh, local news. That's Thinking when it. the best oh. shows are in. I know, so. right? Everybody. Yeah. Highest yeah. Highest <laughs> highest <laughs> yeah, there are people that, I'm sure there were people that were watching it, especially the paranormal stuff. I did, um, God damn it, what's it called? I don't even know. There's some, like, radio program that's on it was connie willis coast to coast that's the one Mm. uh yeah it was coast to coast and they had me on one time and it was literally at three o'clock in the morning yeah come out here at three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and did this interview and i and like in the middle i'm like why am i who the fuck is gonna listen to this oh lots of people it's super (laughs) oh yeah and the only reason i did it is because i blew her off when she when she and then my son was like dude no that's a big deal oh yeah it's huge yeah and i was like no and then yeah i had like three people at the local hardware store like Holy shit, I'm sitting up having coffee. You know, they're 100 years old because they're having coffee at 3 in the morning listening to the AM radio. And they're like, and, and you were on the radio. That's right. So somebody listens to it, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Voice echoing through the Waffle House. Yeah. <laughs> and then she tried so hard, real hard, like follow-up emails after the interview hard to get me to go to Colorado with her and look for Sasquatch. Okay. Oh, well, gosh. That's a bad oh, choice. Oh, book that. a ticket right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I have do to that. say, I'm a huge skeptic, but it is super uh-huh. fun to like entertain it and just go for it. It's so fun. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm on going yeah. to the Same mountains with a stranger. That's true. That's and- probably a bad idea. <laughs> Yeah. We should yeah. know. We should What's know the worst that, that can happen? In going into the woods with a stranger, nothing bad yeah. ever happened. Well, and watch. what was crazy about it, I wasn't like I was indicating like like we're talking about the true crime podcast, and then she's and and she was just like wedging it in constantly. She was like, <laughs> so you got him out of prison? That must be great. You know what? You would be great. You would you would love looking. You know who for else lives in a prison me. of pine trees? <laughs> but, <laughs> so release him. Big Let's go find him. Let him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just kept really, oh, really wedging in the, the Bigfoot stuff. Yeah. Wow. So much so that I, I promised her that I would be on her podcast later and that I never was because I, I, I got afraid because she kept trying to lure me out into the woods. <laughs> well, you if you're listening, it. producer of Coast oh, to Coast, uh, yeah. Heather and I will fly out to Colorado today 100%. to yeah. hunt yeah. Bigfoot Before with that you. email. Before that email. Yeah. We'll Maybe they found him. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what we I say in improv. Yes, and. You want to mm-hmm. hunt a Bigfoot? Yes, and I'll bring a friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so jealous. So do you guys do you guys still perform? Yeah, we have a show this yeah, Friday, we do. actually. Yeah, oh yeah, well, I forgot. But I, I, mean, I, and I, also, I, know you do a, I know there's a live version of your podcast that you travel oh, yes. and do, but but you also still yes. do improv stuff. Yes, do you do correct. lawyering? Yeah. Do you lawyer Storytelling anymore? and improv. Um, I do not really as much. Um, I do get the odd call from a buddy that needs this and that. My practice went from, I basically did every possible legal job. So I was in-house at a hedge fund. And then I had my own law practice where I did uh, small business, entrepreneur, like startup law. And mm. then I got recruited to go to a giant law firm and do private equity law and did that. But the favorite part of working at that law firm was that they had a partnership with the Innocence Project and we got to do case evaluations for them. And that's all I ever wanted to do and not do the deal part. (laughs) was like, (laughs) maybe I'm in the wrong gig. And so then I left there to do an Equal Justice Works Fellowship that was sponsored by the Office of Victims of Crime from the DOJ that was focused on older adults who had suffered elder abuse or neglect, financial physical, any of that, the civil side of it. So then I was representing the civil interests of uh, older adults and then did that fellowship for a year. We had to go on tour with the podcast and I take my ethical obligations as an attorney seriously. And so I thought, you know, I can't adequately represent my clients if I'm having to run off or, you know, get continuances, move hearings, whatever. So uh, I decided to, I told, I sent Christy a a gif of a (laughs) poker player that said all in. I was like, I'm about to resign from... (laughs) A real good job that I really like, and yeah. uh, I left on super good job. terms with yeah. yeah with Legal Aid, and they're amazing. And my mm-hmm. the managing director of the office I was in was like, "These are the things you need to do to you know be eligible for rehire." And she's like, "We believe in you, though. We don't think you're ever going to have Aww. to take this." But she was like, "But what if one day you did want to come back?" And she's like, "It's real draconian, so you should probably do these things." <laughs> so I wanted to leave the door open because that was my favorite legal job I did was um, being working at Legal Aid. But now um, I'll do a little bit of research here and there for the decency. Center, the SMU had, which is my alma mater, they have a criminal justice kind of a policy reform center. And uh, I do like a thin, tiny, tiny little bit of help to their communications director where I can, you know, if they need a story, I can maybe read a bunch of cases and put my storyteller brain with my legal brain and, you know, mix that together. Um, and then, but no, like practicing wise, I be, I keep my license up. I keep my CLE credits and stuff up. But for the most part, I uh, full-time entertainer, like Christy said. I love Yeah, love you that. volunteer at the youth center too. That's now. true. Yeah, I volunteer with uh in, you know the youths that are uh in usually ages 12 to 17 young men that are it's not a totally locked down facility but it is a residential offender facility but I just work as the librarian on Fridays just cuz my friend's a teacher there and said, "Hey, you know, you want to come help out." And so I just get to go and check out books and meet students and talk about youth young adult novels <laughs> like books that they're reading my yeah. favorite those when they come in are like you got any like stephen king or you got and if i'm yeah. such a sucker because if they ask me for something i just immediately go to the bookstore and buy it and uh, my teacher's like oh we yeah. have points we have these systems i was like i don't care if you want it i'll, I'll bring it back if i'm not going to say no to a kid that wants a book so right see I'm i used to pusher. teach in one of those one of those programs oh wow, oh, wow. and 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 yeah i've been pissed <laughs> I'll just give it to you. Well, I was a I was a substitute when I was a fireman. I was a substitute teacher, um, okay. and and I got working with our local school district. Who um, there was a residential program at the juvenile detention center. I don't know if that's similar to what you're doing. Like kids that mm-hmm. got in trouble yeah. with the law, and they got to go through the resident. And of course, they have to have a school in there. And so I yes. would I would sub in there on my days off quite mm-hmm. a bit. 
Um, yeah, that's it's amazing. interesting. It's kind of it's pretty rewarding work. Except yeah. for a lot of them come right back, and that was you know because they're it's just hard. the neighborhood that they mm-hmm. you know that they live yeah. in and the people they're around. You know because mm-hmm. they really the residential programs were great, and then. They would, you know, they'd leave, and I'd be like, "Don't come back here right. again." You've been here for That's why it's always like, "I love you, stay safe. I don't want to see you again. I hope but, I never yeah. see you again." Right? Yeah. The training, the the gentleman that did our training, of course, has been in the industry for like thirty some years, and just the passion with which he talked about, like, "These are my kids. These are mm. my like, yeah. I care about them. I won't have you talking down to them. I won't have you, you know, treating them any differently mm. in the training." And it was basically like, "If you're going to treat them anything with." Other than the utmost respect, you can go right now. Like, we need volunteers, but we don't need them that bad. Like, so yeah. the love that they all show the students that live there, and mm-hmm. then basically understanding that before any of them even enter the criminal justice system, they probably have five traumas in their life, major yeah. traumas that yeah. impacts the development of your brain, it impacts decision making. And so, have it, watching my local community say, this is how we're going to approach youth offenders. We're going to say, we're going to treat the whole person. You know, we're going to make sure you get counseling and therapy. We're going to make sure you have Mm -hmm. nutrition and exercise. We're going to make sure you have education. We're going to make sure you have recreation and treat the whole, like, I love that. And seeing someone is more than the worst thing that they've ever done. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm proud to be a Dallasite. I'm proud to live in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Not anything to do with anything that honorable. I'm very curious about, (laughs) so I do do some stand-up and you guys a couple times said, you, there's like stand up and improv and storytelling. And now I don't know what I do because my stand up <laughs> is all storytelling. What do you mean by storytelling? Because my stand up is all stories. Well, then maybe you do storytelling. Stand up to me is um, <laughs> like a stand up comic. They're more written jokes, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, and storytelling is more like one complete story. That is oh, kind of that. more okay, yeah. It's more like evocative. It's more immersive with the audience. It's more of like um, uh, theatrical. I would say you're not. I mean, if it's a funny story, you might be going for jokes. But I think it's more of like a vulnerable personal experience as opposed to these are funny things that maybe happen to me or just funny observations about the world, whatever your style is. So there's a bit of a difference there. And there's some yeah. crossover, like Mike Birbiglia was a stand-up who did storytelling in his stand-up sets, but now mm-hmm. he's graduated. Sleepwalk with me now. To, mm-hmm. Well, and Sleepwalk with me, but he's graduated now, like, with the new one on Broadway, and now this one's called The Old Man in the Pool, where it is a Broadway theatrical, like Christy said, one cohesive story. There are jokes along the way, but there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's about his evolution on a, a topic, or, you know, like the new one was uh-huh. about not wanting to have a kid and having a kid. And I think, like, John Mulaney is a stand-up comedian who also is, he has, like, segments where he he does the whole thing about the guy that came to their school and was like, you're going to get kidnapped. And, you know, that scared. Yeah, yeah. The, and so like, that's a one long story with a bunch of jokes in it. But his whole entire set's not about that. It's maybe mm-hmm. 10, right. 15 minutes of his set. Mm-hmm. So my can, style's it, more like crossover. Molly, who, by the way, is one of my absolute favorites. <laughs> and who is Mike Birbiglia? Him, no, uh, I, I like I back in the day. I really liked Birbiglia, too. But uh, no, John Mulaney. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's great. Of, mm-hmm. Oh, and if you haven't seen his new hour that he's touring with right now. Missed it. Yeah, we were I don't on tour he when came he came to Dallas. Didn't he go to Oklahoma or something weird? He went to New Orleans. <laughs> something weird. He went well, to New Orleans. Right, I mean, but, I mean, yeah. they know. I am yeah. sorry for people in Oklahoma. Quite honestly, but sorry I'm always that like, you don't live in Texas. Uh, when a big uh, name goes to Oklahoma and they don't come to Dallas, I'm like, what happened? Were all yeah, the venues booked? Yeah, right. but no, he was in New Orleans. And my friends went to see him in New Orleans, and I think we had a show that day. Like, we were out of town, so oh. I didn't see him. Yeah, We're going to go see it, Nate Bargatze in uh, yeah. 
the end of the month, actually. Yeah, like two I saw weeks him in September, his hour. And I think his, his special just dropped. Yeah. Hello World, yeah. So you mm-hmm. may be, and I think that one, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm I'm guessing that's the hour I saw in September. So he's probably yes. doing a new hour now. He is, yeah. He he did that hour. He came to Texas March of last year, and he did that hour. That's you on, saw that? I saw you that hour. great, yeah. So this is his yeah. new one. This is his Be Happy one, which people in other cities were like, oh, I've seen it already. It's so good. So is that he's the one you, you think you saw? Is the Me? No, not I the saw. Amazon one? I don't know what I haven't seen the Amazon one yet, but I'm sure I saw it in September. Okay, yeah, so I, I'm sure. And he was still working on stuff like you like you still he still had a set list on a stool and stuff. So he's mm-hmm. I don't think he was I think he was building up to recording his recording a special still at that point. So it's probably mm-hmm. the one that's out now. It's always fun to mo- see him like live and then hear the tags they mm-hmm. add whenever it goes to special. Yeah, for sure, he's so fun. And then M- Mulaney, I I I have to believe that he recorded a special off the hour that he's doing. Oh, I'm sure. And, yeah. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see it because he he made such a weird transition because, you know, John Mulaney's John Mulaney. And this is after he like got out of rehab and all the Mm -hmm. stuff that, you know, he went through and he, we find out that he was on cocaine the whole time that he was doing the other ones. And now all of a sudden he comes out and he is super dark, Mm. which is shocking with him and still hysterical. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it was just like, I don't know how somebody can pivot from being, you know, the, the, the golden boy, s- mm-hmm. the golden boy to being super dark and still being so damn funny. Yeah. He's, he's got it. awesome. We had yeah. a lot of dark times. Player. You write what you know and then try to find humor in it to cope. Mm-hmm. I think that's yep. why a lot of us do comedy. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah. I'm fine. Be- I'm fine. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> that made it sound like right? I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm totally fine. <laughs> the loss of Erica, the snails you, you failed to mention that she's clinically depressed. And- <laughs> You try losing Riddled that with anxiety. Skills. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, not me. My life's pr- basically perfect, and I just talk about that. Uh, on, <laughs> Good for you. Congrats. That's celebrate. Yeah, that's <laughs> not true. That's not true at all. <laughs> but there's nothing, nothing dark in it. But yeah, yeah my my whole things. every bit that I have is a true story, as I like to put it, with a little pizzazz added. <laughs> oh yeah. And oftentimes the people that are involved in the story in the audience when I'm performing it. <laughs> and then I always hear, you son of a, that didn't, that didn't happen. I didn't say that. And and you're like, I know, but it was funnier than what you said. Get so. them out. Right. <laughs> Have them thrown out. You got to punch yeah. it up a bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you said none of, none of your dark jokes are dark though. Like, so you cut the baby dick joke. Oh my. I did, oh, I did. Well, well now we have to hear the, it. What's the baby dick? It's never was before it? been heard on the on the uh, podcast airwaves. Well, yeah, because when <laughs> because I tried, Mike <laughs> Mike edited it out. Now we got a new editor. So then <laughs> that's true. That's true. Can we hear no, it? it? Is it? Is it? Can we? Can it you wasn't tell really it? a joke. It was a I premise that I was that I was <laughs> working out, and it was very simple. I just said, I wonder. Kelly, you be the judge. Would you edit this? No, the whole premise was I was like, I just wonder. If because that's how a lot of my bits go, right? I'll finish something and sit there and think for us, and I kind of pres- I I I perform as though like something just occurred to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Even though obviously I've done it a bunch of times, um, but it was kind of a uh, you ever wonder if uh, if oh, this seems super. I don't know you guys that well, so here it goes. Uh, it takes a lot to offend us, so you're, yeah, this is what you lot. get. This is what you get. For well, this, out you, you know the this may be the thing. Uh, <laughs> this might be the, it. The entire premise was just as simple as. I wonder, Erica, you're not helping. I don't remember how bad it was. <laughs> you bated breath. Oh, it's just a premise. The premise was I build up here. If big, I'm on the edge if, of my seat. Right. I just wonder if big dick fellas start off as big dick babies. That's all oh. I want to know. If like, if you just, I get it. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. you are like, 
Great question. You know, like was like a little baby John Holmes walking around just right? dragging dong, oh but like God. like looked like a turtle track with like footprints well, and then oh, a drag mark you, you, gotta, you just have to go home and ask your mom. I will tell you that uh, a friend of mine, when her baby was born and the big doctor dick. did the circumcision, the doctor said, oh, he's running with the big dogs. And oh, they, they were like, God damn. So that yeah, doctor's seen a lot a of baby dicks. So yeah, he, he, he knew. He's like, I, on, I me- mean, I got a son and I'm like, I don't know. I, I can't tell. You know, well, as far, I, in my experience, all go. baby dicks look pretty much the same. But like, what about the just... whole like shower versus grower thing? I mean, also, yeah, I feel like I they don't know. Probably... These are the questions I have, Erica. That's why I <laughs> they morph throughout the years based on normal wear and tear. So that's going to probably affect it too. Yeah. Like, could you imagine though, like a like a twenty? And this is where we got in trouble. Is Clinton Carey said yeah. that you can't imagine don't, it's, it's wrong not. to imagine. So, but, uh, you know, like a 21 inch tall little baby with legs this long, just walking around with like this swinging, <laughs> just, you know what I mean? That'd be hard for them. Probably. This is struggle. You have to buy <laughs> some struggle. Yeah. Pampers. The diaper situation would be Mag- weird. Pampers for Maggie right. would not be able to stop laughing. So. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Bath time would be real awkward for everybody. <laughs> Put that thing away. Yeah, daycare, no. Yeah, we all have agree. Every daycare, you'd have to have, listen. There's a disclosure. Here's the deal. I know my kid's but got the, a huge dick for his age, but we've seen yeah. a doctor. It's normal. It's fine. I want him to be treated fine. like all the other so regular 99% kids. Yeah, just treat him like the regular dick kids and yeah. don't, yeah, don't. You're going to notice an energy like everybody of else. Yeah. He's got a He's big the energy. one boy in here that if he, yeah. if he pees, pees his diaper, you're going to have to wash his back. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> goes right. His hair is wet after that. Yeah, 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 curls all the way around. Yeah, you can't right. tell us a joke because we're improvisers and we'll encourage you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What else? What else? Yeah. <laughs> I think we did well. Well, wait. And see I think daycare's on fire, Johnny. We need you, to. Johnny. Get him. Get him. Get Johnny out here. He's gonna put it out. He said, "Your son, ma'am. Your he son saved just thirty-two Just prop him kids. up and give him apple juice. Yeah. <laughs> he refill. He saved refill. a burning building. Those kids, thirty kids' lives. He just walks Johnson. out strutting with it slung over his shoulder. He got a key to the city. Eighteen months old. <laughs> it's amazing. I regret this. I regret He's a hero. This. I was gonna say, listen. I, can we all collectively agree that this is Erica's fault? I was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She brought up the baby dick. Yeah, Honestly, I mean, she started it with sorry, the jeans. And then, yeah, and then she egged me on. She's like, oh, really... you were too scared to tell it before, <laughs> weren't you, Bob? It's what I'm here oh. for, Bob. Yeah. Sadly, <laughs> that's toes. that's essentially my whole stand-up act. Is like literally like my, my set list when I go and I'm doing something is like – Two words, and then I just go wherever it goes. There you <laughs> so go. Like, I, if I was set- going to do stand-up, that's how I would do it. It would be all crowd work and just yeah. things that come to me because I don't like to prepare and memorize things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same. So, like, my notes just said, and the, and Carrie and Quinn convinced me to cut it out. <laughs> Actually, Mike had plumbed it. With it. <laughs> yeah. It's just set on the set list. There was a bullet point that said baby dick. Do it. And- you know what? I... I know we just met, but I say next time you try it out, you see how it goes right. over with the with the crowd, and then maybe you've got your new best bit. There you go. I've you got a set know. Friday. I'm doing I'm doing a, bit, a set on Friday. 
So maybe I'll I'll, I'll whip out the baby. Weasel that yeah. big old baby dick in there. We have some over here. Or you're spending I have, in the county jail. I give you permission. <laughs> use use all these riffs. Yeah, and then if yeah, you, you go to jail for it, then tell them we were not involved. <laughs> yeah, I think we get into trouble Delete when we say this, imagine. Kelly, when you say it. imagine, a bit, you know, then yeah. you start putting it in your head, and then it really starts to yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just yeah. leave that word out. Yeah, I'm opening on Fridays. So I only have like 15 minutes. Like. Use the whole Maybe. 15 minutes only on this. <laughs> oh, like, well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, do home. I just come right out? These people don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. They're like, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. here's Bob Ruff. And I come out and they say, know. you ever wonder? Yeah. <laughs> like, What's that's my the opening deal line. With baby dicks. <laughs> yeah, do the Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with these babies with the big dicks? Where are all these big dick babies? Like the baby, go big or go home. So. I say just, yeah, they'll know you after that. Wow. Mm-hmm. truly see you. Oh, well, this is going well. We just like, I feel like we know mentioned the name of your you. podcast at precisely does. once. <laughs> yeah. Listen, the good news is your podcast is bigger than this podcast, so we're not helping you. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, there's no way that this, this is, is going to help us. you. Yeah. We just yeah. came to hang out. I don't know. I don't yeah, know who's right. helping what. We're all That's all I ever do. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, our listeners are, th- this is kind of on brand for Part us. For the course. I don't, yeah. yeah, they're not going to be shocked. So, we're good. We're good. Okay, good. well, let's bring this back around then. So, what do people like? Like, what should if someone's listening to an episode of Sinisterhood? What would they expect to hear? Baby dick jokes? <laughs> probably not a uh, lot. Probably not a lot of that. But you know, we don't okay. cover anything involving kids, so we usually yeah, don't talk true. too much about that. <laughs> but you'll get a. <laughs> Anything gonna sinister. Not gonna work for you guys. I can't let this bit die. I was like, oh, let's keep going with that now. But okay. We talk about yeah. episode 13. We have a famous personal oh, anecdote. Man. And many of the episodes, we will, the humor that is derived, because we both have worked with at victims of crime, you know, survivors. We understand that you got to handle certain subjects with a lot more compassion and mm-hmm. gentleness than you would a Bigfoot or Mothman or whatever. And yeah. so, or even something like, you know, Y2K or the Mandela effect, things like that. When we talk about strange phenomena or real housewives crime, stuff like that, we can riff a lot more on mm-hmm. when we cover wrongful convictions or unsolved murders or disappearances. We just say up at the front, this is not going to be a funny episode. Likely we might right. talk before we get into the topic about something or while we're in the middle of it, you know, seg- segue sideways, something else unrelated, but it's never, mm-hmm. we don't really derive a lot of humor off the subject matter itself. When we do cover the more serious cases, sure, uh, yeah. we usually, so like we cover we did three parts on Ted Bundy and we just were like, this is probably not going to be funny. And it, you know, it's a thorough deep dive into the case. We do some legal analysis. We bring my law degree into it. Christy will help. We'll talk about, what psychology, you know, like, did they, what, what can we trace this back to? You know, is it a systemic problem? We're both very in tune with politics, what's going on in society. You know, what can we see systemically that might've caused this? And then after we do three episodes on Ted Bundy, we do one about instances where people dress up like clowns to try to scare (laughs) folks. And then that Uh one then lends itself to maybe a baby dick might joke might show up in there. You don't know, but that those, those ones will be, you know, I want to, the best way for me to work it out is for you to work it out. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like you guys. Well, if you need, we'll write some jokes. We'll send them over. You can punch them up. Send them my way. We'll punch them up. We'll tag. The funny thing is, like you mentioned, like you you specifically said, like we covered three episodes on Ted Bundy. And so there's no, that's not going to be a funny episode. I have a Ted Bundy bit that I was also told not to use. (laughs) Oh. Uh, well, really I mean, we got to hear, is it about how he had a huge I dick really, as a baby? <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> quite the opposite. Well, Janet's the one that told me not to do that because the thing is, yeah, Janet, you got a lot of people telling you no in your life is what it sounds like. I need, need yes, people. yes people. 
I need yeah. some yes people. Then here they are. Yes and. Yes and. Yes, and. What well, is your joke with, on Ted Bundy? Well, the thing I can't even. It's again, my jokes are just premises. And it was I was talking to Janet about it. And the thing is, Janet has a huge heart and a lot of compassion for victims, oh, which is why the joke. Dick. <laughs> yeah, she does. Well, she I mean, I haven't seen it, but it could be. <laughs> but I was just, like the, the premise of it is, you know, like Ted Bundy's not if he was so hot and charismatic, then. Listen, it's a necrophiliac joke, and oh, yeah, and then it's, and so maybe Janet and then was she's right. Like, with this one. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes no is the sometimes, sometimes no mean no, no is a yes. No is a good no. No, yeah. no, so, no is no yes. Answer your no career but. not being yeah. So. She was right, and I've never, I've never done, but because because she's just like so we're the thing is, up. it's funny, but in my mind, I can only think about those victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was yeah. like, well, now you're bumming me out, and so <laughs> I just am like, what if? The person to whom this happened was listening. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And well, that's how I just do every episode. <laughs> but uh, like, so, or somebody they loved or something. family member, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, I'm we, kind of we a try zen and, hippie, so. Yeah, yeah we yeah. come at it from go. a very, um, to answer your question of like, what do people think they're going to get when they listen to us? Comedy, but I think we're also really well known for being very victim centric and yeah, compassionate yeah. Um, and always respectful. So anytime we're telling a story like that, we come at it from like the victim's families could be listening or what mm-hmm. if we were in, you know, in their shoes. So we try and really, um, if any joke comes from those, it's only about the perpetrator or ourselves, right. but right. never victims. Right. Yeah. But even yeah. that's hard to do. Like with this, like I'm joking around about it, but like I would never actually tell the joke because of that, because mm-hmm. of trying to think of of the victims. Mm-hmm. But it was one. So like when I first started doing Sam, I was like, well, I'll make mine like true crime comedy because mm-hmm. I would love to go perform live. But it's hard to do truth and justice live because it's yeah. a grind, right? It's yeah. not funny. It's not fun. So I was like, well, I could do true crime comedy. And it's really hard to come up with. Like kind of most premises you think of like that. It's like, well, I'm only picking on him, but it's yeah. like, ah, right. but it's still about what mm-hmm. he did to someone else. Yeah. And then, yeah so oh, we say when we perform on stage, it's usually uh, before our, our shows were we would pick a topic of every city we went to and it was related. So it was going to be something mm-hmm. paranormal, mm-hmm. urban legend, phenomenon. But even we picked uh, the curse of Captain Streeter, which is in Chicago. And it's one of uh, we've now gotten remarks from several people of like one of my favorite live shows. It was super funny. Mm-hmm. And we also had um, ASL interpreters, which was awesome. Uh, signers oh, cool. on stage. And so the video version of that on our Patreon, that also adds, you know, when you're talking about um, how do you say finger bang or how do you say pot of shit? Like they would sign <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. uh, we're extremely expressive and very funny. But that one involved a uh, wrongful conviction. Like he was accused of murder. He didn't commit. But finding the right angle to discuss that where yeah. the comedy was all about he was a just a bold guy this wrongful conviction was separate from that or when we did our dallas live show we talked about cowboy bob which was the bank robber around the dfw yes. area who it was a woman that had I dressed as a story, cowboy. Yeah. such a good mm-hmm. story and so like framing it as we weren't you know gleefully like she got shot by the police right. at the end we were all it on was, the side of her the whole everybody audience knows booed. The side yeah we loved her and you're like we you know framing the story and i think framing is a big part of it and storytelling having that passion that we both have for storytelling of what is the, the story we can see of it and then from there we can also at the end say we always say so what do we think and and so what do we think is usually by 
distilling the story down to its essential elements, then we can usually determine, oh, these systemic failures contributed to it. And maybe in your yeah. neighborhood, you might look for this to fix it. So mm-hmm. it kind of all melds together. And then this new touring show that we're about to go on tour starting March 7th in Tacoma, Washington's our first tour, tour stop. It's going to be themed around it's called full moon energy so we have this sort of lunar theme that runs through it but nothing that we talk about on stage we might discuss certain crimes but nothing that we talk about on stage is like grisly details of mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we just are comedians and have been on stage and be like boy you know what just doesn't get a laugh yeah. is things <laughs> right. like that and, and if you're, you're at zanies and you're talking about somebody being brutally murdered it doesn't hit the same you know yeah yeah so, right so I'm crowd but i but yeah. i love that about as a matter of fact if you guys come anywhere near like chicago or indy you'll have to hit me up because oh yeah you know we I were in be, chicago like, uh on this last tour so not this tour but the next tour i think we'll be going back there for sure yeah. heather lived in like, chicago she went to undergrad there yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like 90 minutes from Chicago, but I like oh, that because, nice. like, I like I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we're almost an hour into this and we haven't touched <laughs> the case, and there's a reason for that, <laughs> and the re- and it's exactly what you guys are talking about. I never I, I never like explain why the sauce is made, but whenever I have kind of comedic type uh, hosts on that I'm talking with and we're having a fun conversation. I will avoid like the plague going into talking about the case (laughs) because it's it's too, sometimes you can make, you can, you know, you can make that shift and certainly we could uh, make the, make the shift into it, but it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard Mm -hmm. to to shift gears like that when you're, Mm -hmm. you know, having a lot of fun and then you get into, um, but it sounds like you guys do that very well in your, uh, in your show where you can have the funny, but you you can compartmentalize the funny stuff in the serious stuff. It sounds really awesome. The, but the podcast is a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, Thanks. What I'm getting, what I'm getting at is, I, we're not going to talk about this case. Well, <laughs> the good news is we have a two parter on it that you can listen to there on our go. feed, yeah. and we just talked about an update uh, in the case and the sentencing, Perfect. and so you can you can check all that out. So, what yeah. is the case, so, Heather? So the case it was Larry Ray. Yes. 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 It's our episode 182 and 184. We had uh, release scheduling. But so episodes 182 and 184, we cover uh, all that's happened so far. And there's actually a new Hulu docuseries mm-hmm. coming out, I think this week, called Stolen Youth, that mm-hmm. we got a little sneak sneak peek screener. And uh-huh. because we covered this back in 2022, so almost a year ago, there's been development since then. So it was yeah. extremely fascinating having covered the case as we did and then now seeing the where they are now kind of mm-hmm. thing. Well, in in this case, and maybe it's I'm just conflating it with something else, but it sounds so familiar to me. Have there been so so real quick? Like uh, Larry Ray is a guy. You know, he goes to prison for a little while, gets out, and goes and lives with his daughter on in her apartment in the college campus, and then like and then and then convinces a bunch of her friends to like go live with him, and then like coerces them to do confessions and he blackmails them. And then, you know, ultimately, finally he got arrested for like what, racketeering and extortion and sex mm-hmm. trafficking mm-hmm. and all this. It's a super interesting and weird story. It is. But I don't remember. I feel like I know the story, we but I don't know from where. On a previous episode. So we, uh, we talked about this with Carrie and Quinlan or you, de- you talked about it with Carrie and Quinlan actually, because Carrie uh, or Quinlan went to Sarah Lawrence, I believe. Okay. Oh. But this was before the updates, like the most recent updates. Mm. Yeah. So that was about gotcha. a year ago. Yeah. So that comes back full circle to me not remembering what I talked about <laughs> in an episode, a yeah. hundred episodes Because we ago. didn't really talk about it because your birthday yeah. joke. <laughs> Again, your fault. Your yep, fault. You brought wow. it up. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so that yeah, and that's why because I I was like I know this, and all I was thinking about, all I could think about was Arrested Development. Uh, when uh, I can't remember his name, but Jason Bateman, Bateman's character goes and lives with his son in college. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. Michael. Yeah, Yeah. Michael. Yeah, yeah. I was like. That can't be the reason why I know this story. (laughs) (laughs) Much different uh, vibe for sure (laughs) with Larry Ray there. Yeah, yeah. 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 He was a a monster before that even happened with um, abusing his wife and prior girlfriends and uh, emotionally abusing his children. So, yeah, it's a really sad story that just kind of took off and snowballed in Mm -hmm. at this Mm -hmm. small liberal arts school that. It's it's hard to, from an outsider, think like, how could these students, you know, have been susceptible to this? But then when you really get into it, you're like, oh, well, they were all struggling with mental health. They were all very mm-hmm. vulnerable. He preyed on that. Mm-hmm. He used that to his advantage to manipulate them. So it's um it's really interesting. He's he's since been sentenced. So mm-hmm. we're we're happy about that. But yeah, our our episodes go into a deep dive, and then the Hulu docu series. I think, Heather, you said that some new stuff even is in that, too. Yeah, it just kind of gives you an update of where kind of the two main women that he really got in their head. One was Felicia Rosario, and she was the Harvard graduate who was a very on the cusp, I mean, in her residency to become a psychiatrist. And then the other woman was named um, Isabel, and she was just became this... They call him her, or they call her his lieutenant in some of the court filings because she just dove in headfirst into the relationship. And Felicia talked about, yeah, I just got so broken down mentally and emotionally that Larry would ask me to do these things. He had this bizarre obsession. He had an interaction with Bob uh, Bernie Carrick, it, who was a 9 11 uh, police officer, then later on was promoted in the NYPD, was going to be promoted. We're going to have this political career. Well, then. He, Larry Ray got into trouble with the law and was like, hey, buddy, can you get me out of it? And when Bernie Carrick said no, Larry Ray then pulled some blackmail information on Bernie Carrick and tanked his political career. I mean, he was just he he ruined him. So then forever, Larry would go, well, he's going to get back at me. He's he's going to get back at me. So it's like almost all the stuff he was always doing was this projection of paranoia of like how far he was willing to go. And so yeah. he then he got them all obsessed. These 19 year olds who didn't know Bernie Carrick were never around him would be like, do you remember when Bernie Carrick came to your house? And they would say yes. And like now that they talk with Felicia Rosario, who said, I have these memories of me, you know, I'll look at a childhood photograph of me. And that's the day that Bernie Carrot came to my house. But my family says, no, it isn't. And so she said, now I'm having to unwind my brain. She calls it Larry brain because she Uh was so he would take a real memory and then twist it and say, what was this day? What were you doing that day? Oh, it was Easter. Oh, and remember how on Easter Bernie would come over and then Mm -hmm. would manipulate their mind. So Mm -hmm. seeing now Isabella, who stepped in as Felicia's mental state deteriorated. I mean, there she's one that she she famously testified against him, and the footage of her was used at trial of her in a full psychological meltdown, screaming, crying, lying on the floor as she deteriorated. This person, Isabella, Izzy, Isabella, she moved in, and there's recordings of Larry going. Felicia's too weak. She can't do this. And then he sets up and Izzy goes, I'll do it. I'm not weak. I can do it. And he had preyed on her. She was having mental health issues mm-hmm. and she was extremely vulnerable. And he basically said she had you know, a tough relationship with her family and had said, you don't need your family. You know, I'm everything. And Felicia said, I really watched Izzy have this true north. She was a good person with a good moral compass. Larry became her true north and mm-hmm. she would just do anything. And it's sad to see like with the sex trafficking, 
Izzy is a 19, 20 year old girl fully participating in essentially pimping this young woman, another woman who mm-hmm. they were just trying to get money from her and not understanding until much later how wrong that was. You were, mm-hmm. you know, Izzy said, oh yeah, we went to the apartment. I had to go get the money and write down how many pe- clients she had been with. And just off the cuff saying that, not understanding, wow. oh no, what you're doing is you're forcing a person into sex trafficking and you're participating yeah. fully. And she just, it just didn't click because Larry told her it was fine because it was reparations because the victim had injured them, you know, broken something in the mm-hmm. house and she owed him this mm-hmm. money. So it's, it, that's the, the docuseries is kind of the third episode is kind of where it goes beyond what we covered into seeing kind of where are they now and how do you rebuild your mind and rebuild your relationship with your family with these siblings that were torn apart how do you rebuild all that after it has been literally removed piece by piece by this man Mm -hmm. over an intense period of time Mm -hmm. totally it's a a wild case yeah and you covered it in episode you said 182 and 184 yes we did yes yeah and that was that was a perfect example of how you two can go from fun witty banter <laughs> to serious talk about a case. Very well done. And, and you guys, it is not all true crime stuff, right? On on the podcast, you guys cover true crime, cult stuff, and creepy stories. Cryptids, uh, yeah, pretty any anything macabre, paranormal. We try and switch it up. If we've had a lot of like heavy true crime stuff, then we'll do something that's kind of a more a uh, mental break for us and the listeners, so we might do like Bigfoot or something. So we um, we keep it keep it fresh. We're about to um, release a two parter on a serial killer, Khalil uh, Weaver Wheeler. So that's going to be a heavy hitter. And then after that, we'll probably do something a little more tame, like Squonk. That's a well, cryptid. That's a- oh, everybody, people have been what? begging for the squonk. I have squonk. heard that one, yeah. <laughs> He's so cute. Shockingly. <laughs> <laughs> we should, uh, we got, I got Christy a cryptid calendar for Christmas. We should uh, pick cryptids from our calendar. And have, oh, yeah. Have the Patreon. Also, pick, maybe pick at our next cryptid induction hall of fame, Big Dick Baby. Because oh, I think he's, I think we've I'll, discovered I'll a new present. cryptid. I'll, I'll okay, yes, present. you can come yeah, and present the know. award. I'm happy to do it. The cryptozoologist uh, who discovered him is Bob Rudd. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's, that's right. Um, and then you guys, you said you're starting a tour. Where can people get tickets for your tour? If you go to sinisterhood.com slash live shows, they'll have all the dates and times. We're going to Tacoma, Portland, Denver, Salt Lake City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Austin, Houston, and we have more cities coming soon. So keep an eye out on that at yeah, sinisterhood.com slash live shows. And it's called the full moon energy tour. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's lunar theme. We have tons of bits that will be improvised on the spot. So the shows will be different, but structurally we want to cover some of the same information. So we have a framework to work sure. within, but you know us, we gotta, we're going to have something wacky at every stop that, that you've never <laughs> heard before. I like to Crowd surprise work Christy. segments. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite thing is to surprise Christy. So we built yeah. Heather spot likes to make slideshows where I don't know what's coming up. And then yeah. my favorite thing is not knowing and getting to live react to it. So it works nice. out well. It's fun. Yeah. Sounds like it sounds like a blast, um, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you're staying completely west of the Mississippi for the. <laughs> well, the next TV. the city's coming up. We'll get yeah. over to the East Coast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, their names are Christy and Heather. The podcast is called Sinisterhood. Check it out. It's a great show. Could be your next big true crime binge, and check out those live shows if you're somewhere in the West. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us on. This has been a blast. This is super fun. Yeah. It's been fun. Thank you. (laughs) 
Crime Binge is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Audioboom. Produced and edited by Kelly Barron's Brink. Our production manager and co-host is Erica Cantor. Music and show artwork was created by Shane Yoder of PutThemInASong.com and episode artwork is created by John Hayes. Our website, TrueCrimeBinge.com, was created by Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com. If you're a listener and would like to recommend a future guest or a podcaster that would like to request an interview, you can do so right on our website. And again, that web address is truecrimebinge.com. If you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're using to listen. Make sure you give us a follow on social media. We can be found everywhere at True Crime Binge. And thank you so much for listening. And make sure you tune in next Wednesday morning for another podcaster, another case, and another True Crime Binge.